one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Super excited for our guest today. Our guest is Jess Wadachowicz. Uh, Jess has been running competitively since college into her, man, I mean, you're right here. How old are you now? 30? 30 about? Well, I'm going to be 30 next month. <laughs> going to be 30 next month. She's been running competitively like, you know, for a while. And it's, I've, I've known her through a good friend, which she ran with in college as well in my hometown and just been following her journey since. And it's been super inspiring to watch. So I'm so excited that I get to ask you questions and get my listeners get to know about a little bit more about your story. But most recently, she just um, hit an Olympic trials qualifying time in the 10k with 32.11. Crazy, crazy. But she has also ran one in the marathon as well. She did not run the Olympic trials in the marathon, but she'll talk about that a little bit as well, but just has had a lot of really awesome accomplishments. Um, and she's based out in Colorado right now with CSTC Elite. Jess, thank you so much for being on today. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, so I always like to start with my, on my podcast to ask a little bit about your history in running and how you got started with running. So when did you start running? Was this in high school or what got you into running? Yeah, it started in high school. So I'll rewind a little bit more back. Um, so I was originally a swimmer. Okay. And I started swimming when I was like seven years old, you know, did club year round. And so when I got to high school, it was natural. Like, yeah, I'm going to be on the swim team. And then yeah. spring rolls around. I had nothing to do. <laughs> and one of my friends was like, it's the track team. I'm like, I don't know. Like, why would I do that? You know? And then, and to this day, he takes some credit for my running success. <laughs> He's like, if I'm um, pushing me to join track back then. And so um, that started the journey. Um, I always looked at myself as a swimmer first and then a runner in high school. And I started off as a 400 meter runner slash hurdler. <laughs> and then I moved up to the 800 and that was kind of my sweet spot. I refused mile or anything over that. <laughs> and, yeah, nope, I wasn't going to do it. I did cross country my junior and senior year, but with terms, I, I swam, I wasn't going to give up swimming, but I saw that I had a lot of potential in running. And so my coaches were awesome enough to let me do both sports oh, in one nice, season. Nice. So I, I mean, there was nice. one where I literally swam a couple races, changed, <laughs> ran out to the cross country course, ran a cross country race, came back to the swim meet, swam some more. But then once college rolled around, I was like, okay, I need to pick one sport. Is it going to be swimming or is it going to be running? 
And um, I definitely went the running route. Did you feel like you had more talent in running at that time? Was that the reason or was it more of a passion? I think my passion changed a little bit. Swimming was such a big part of my life. And then unfortunately, um, I lost both my parents during high school. So I had such a strong connection with swimming and my parents being there that it became really hard to compete and that like running became my therapy almost. Yeah. And still to this day, it's such a outlet for me. Yeah. And so I slowly started finding this new passion and yeah. I had an amazing high school coach, running coach that pushed me to continue running in college, which let me tell you how naive I was. I didn't know running in college was a thing. And I didn't know that I was asked enough to do it. Like I never qualified for state. I, you know, wasn't, I wasn't anything spectacular in high school. I ran 220 in the 800, you know, which, yeah, I mean, nothing spectacular. So I thank my high school coach for pushing me to run. And then my first college coach to give it, giving me the opportunity to join Parkside's team and really starting that entire true journey of my running career. Yeah. Cause you would have ran for DeWitt then, right? Was that the first? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then did you grow up, was it in the Chicago suburbs or in Chicago area? Yeah. In the suburbs like right outside of it. Okay. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember. Very cool. So you, so that's cool. I always love when it's like, it's not like you had this like outstanding necessarily, which I mean, 220 is still good, but you know, like outstanding, um, high school career, but you find it really, you know, later on in, in college, I'm going to guess or from yep. what I saw from afar and everything. So walk yeah. us through like your college yeah. experience. Like, how was that? Were you super serious about the sport right away? Did you find a love? Like when did you start to be like, wow, I could actually be pretty good at this. So freshman year, I remember the first couple practices just being really daunting. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, all these girls are so fast. They've all gone to state in their relatives, um, event. And, um, I just remember being like, oh, I, I could run with them. Like I could be as fast as them or better, you know? Yeah. And I, I started, you know, trying to motivate myself that way. And I think I ran like a two sixteen my freshman year, you know, I was kind of proud about yeah. it for D2 is, you know, it was okay, but it, you know, yet again, it's, it's nothing, on the national level, it right. won't get right. you there or anything. <clears throat> and then my sophomore year was plagued with a couple injuries. And I just remember running conference and I finished and I just wasn't quite tired. And I remember walking over to my coach and I'm like, hey, can I try the 5k next year? Because I just <laughs> felt like I had this energy system that could keep going. Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, that strength that you need for an eight. I was like, you see this entire different level when you get to college of like right. what it takes to be an 800 meter runner. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that's what I was made to be, you know? Right. And so I ended up moving up to the mile and 5k that following year. Okay. And, um, it was like that summer I told myself like, Hey, I'm going to make nationals. Like just, I made this huge goal and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like, this is what I want to do. And uh, you know, you put in the hard work and anything's possible. And so that was my junior year. And then 
I know your podcast is called Breaking Five. Yeah, yeah. So, I was about that. So when did you? I know you broke five. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so actually, junior year I broke five okay. for the first time, which was exciting. But I don't think I had that like breaking five moment until it was my senior year cross country. Okay. There was this moment. It was a home meet on Parkside's cross country course where like. It was the season that everything was clicking. And I remember running top of the pack with this one other girl from, you know, some Michigan school. And (laughs) I was just excited to be there. You know, I was like, I'm, you know, one, two with this girl. I never thought I would be here. And then we're going um, at that back stretch in Parkside, if you know, with that white hill and yes yep yep <laughs> definitely know where that's at anyone else has ran parkside yep yep and so I start losing some ground and I settle and I'm like oh second's good enough you know <laughs> and then I come around the corner and one of my teammates are standing there and they're like how bad do you want it and I was like really bad you know and then it got me out of that Yes. Mindset, like, okay, like go after this. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I ended up kicking it in and I won it and I ended up getting the school record without knowing like, that's and that's awesome. how much a shift in mindset can do. Like, yeah, don't settle. Don't say this is good enough. You know, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Get after it. You know, yeah. and yeah. I think that was my true first breaking five moment where I like physically and mentally saw like what I'm capable of and where I can go. And so that like just set into a good rest of my college career. And then I took a victory lap my fifth year. I moved up to the 10K pretty late in my career. It was like a conference my fifth year. And I'm like, hey, I just want to try to run this. And I saw (laughs) what the national standings were. And I'm like, I could do that. Yeah. And so I, it was just a tactical sit and kick race and yeah. qualified for nationals. And then uh, same thing at nationals. It was, t- it was a tactical race. So we sit and kicked and okay. I ended up walking away in second and, you know, capping off my collegiate career, but that also left a lot of like, what am I capable of? You know, yeah. If, yeah. If I was able to do this, like wh- what, what can I do in a true all out 10 K? What can I do? How fast can I get? Yeah. 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 So that left a little bit of a, you know, fire burning post collegiately, um, to see like how good I can be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like where, I mean, not that you'd have to know, but like, where are you at? And like in the 10 K time wise back in college, like I don't know, 35, 36, maybe not even, I'm trying to think. Uh, 35, 35, 22 or something like okay. that. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Just to kind of give them an idea of like now where you're yeah. at and everything, but so you didn't do the 10 K till your senior year. And then yep. it was also your senior year where you had that moment in the cross country race where you won that race. Was it conference? Did you say, or it was a home meet? There's like a year and a half in, in between that cross country race, because it was my true, true senior year gotcha. for cross country. But then I had a year like sat not sat out but yeah I had no more eligibility for cross okay and it was not until that outdoor season following that I ran that 10k okay gotcha okay okay so you had that fifth year but it was just in track not in cross country Mm -hmm. as well just in track yep okay okay 
Okay. Awesome. So then you're like, I'm going to, you know, after college, you, did you take a break at all after college or did you go right into competitive running? I took a little bit of a break. I took like a month break one, because I, I do think it's a good reset after, yeah. you know, you, it was five years of pretty much nonstop training. And yeah, I also was a grad assistant for one of my master's courses. Okay. And we went to Italy. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I totally took that in. I think You're I ran like, twice yes. there, but yes. you know, I was enjoying the culture, the food, everything. Yes. And then I just had that level of responsibility of like, you know, making sh- things are running right with the group and helping out my professor. So I, it was a little shift in priorities for that month. And I don't regret it by any means. It was a nice, yeah. it was a no, nice. It's awesome. Nice I think traveling's like the one time where I like, don't care if I run at all, like for whatever reason, like, because I think I'm just like, it's so much fun. Like I don't need to run, <laughs> run when I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm good. It is Although- fun though when you're traveling and you get to go on runs and like, you know, venture out into areas that you wouldn't normally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Although it is fun to run when you're elsewhere. I think I went to Spain 2019. My sister was living out there. We went to Valencia and that was cool to run there. That was, I don't know if you, I mean, I didn't know it was such a running town, but it's like a really big running town. I, you might know that because there's a ton of, I mean, there's bigger races and stuff there, but I didn't know. Yeah. It was cool to run there. I would love to go run there. They have like the Valencia half and 10K yeah. and I would love to go. Run yeah, <laughs> but cool. So you took a little time off. You went to Italy. It sounds awesome. And then uh, I know you've told me this before, but I honestly even forget, like, did you move elsewhere to go run competitively right away? Or were you back home or in the Chicago Kenosha area? So after college, I stayed around the Wisconsin area. Okay. Um, and I volunteer assisted at Parkside for a little bit. And that's when I started you know, getting back into training and figuring out what the post-collegiate realm really was, yeah. you know, cause running wasn't something I was going to give up regardless. And then I was just trying to navigate the water and, you know, figure out how does this all work? So I stayed in Wisconsin that first year out of college. And, um, I did the stereotypical, um, pack up your car and move out West. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I landed in Albuquerque the first time okay. and I, I wasn't quite sold on it. And so then I kept driving back up to Colorado and I was oh like, okay, this feels great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you like, like you literally were just like, oh, I'm going to move out there. Like no connections or no like anything or like. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of. Okay. So at that time I went back to DeWitt as a coach. And oh, so okay. I told them, okay. I'm like, Hey, I want to go to altitude. Yeah. And, um, that's when I was trying to train for my first half and try to hit the standard. And, um, he's like, Oh, I know someone in Albuquerque that you can go stay with. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Great. You know? And I ended up meeting that person at like a local race or whatever. And they, they seem normal. Like, okay. (laughs) So yeah, that's how I ended up in Albuquerque. (laughs) And then I contacted someone else that I knew in Colorado. And I was like, is there any way I like I can come up there and stay with someone. And they're like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Come on up. (laughs) Just kept driving back up that way and probably lived out there for five months, just training and trying to figure out life. Yeah. Yeah. I think at what you're like 24 at that or 23 at that point. I don't know. And then eventually I moved back home to like officially, you know, try to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, then I took a contract out in DC with the team. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was out there training okay. with a 
group of girls. And then eventually um, found my way back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what you're in, wait, is it, um, are you in Colorado Springs or? Yes. No. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Awesome. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome training out there. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I love so like what, like, you know, as an elite athlete like this, what, what do you do for a job usually as far as outside of running? Do you just get sponsorships and stuff or do you pick up like you have full, full-time job as well? Or how does that work? It sounds so, like maybe it's been on and off depending where you were. Yeah. Depending where I was, uh, this last year COVID was a real thing and yeah. hit hard. And yeah, yeah. so, um, I actually ended up starting up two companies with, oh, cool. yeah, one being a media company and one being a marketing company. And so it's been really stressful this year. Yeah. I mean, nothing was smooth. Um, work schedule is all over the place. And especially when you're, you know, starting up a new business, like you put yeah. in endless hours, endless right. hours until you start seeing a return or those clients roll in or, right. you know, and even month to month can vary so much. So yeah, yeah, it can, it can be stressful and <laughs> you just got to roll with it and figure out life, you know? Yeah. So especially training at such a high level and right. then, you know, working, I mean, it's a job, it's, you yeah. know, it's like, it takes a lot, the recovery, all that. Yeah. And then working full time or whatever you want to call it, it, it takes a toll and you got to give yourself grace and know when you need a recovery day or an extra easy day or just listening to your body and also the amount of stress that you could have because right. it's a real thing. Oh, you yeah. Know, it adds up. I think part of having a successful year was also understanding that not everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Okay. If, you know, maybe you didn't run as fast this day or maybe you got through half of your core workout or, you know, you have to find that balance and what works for you and what's going to make you happy and also achieve your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like you were just saying, like dive into that a little bit, as far as just with a stressful year, like this year, and for you to still reach your goals, that's, I mean, that's awesome. So that had to come with some grace of it, not looking perfect. And oh, I'm sure listening to your body and everything. (laughs) Right. Right. No, but that's awesome. So what has your training looked like, you know, this year with COVID, with the increased stressors, it sounds like of your job, and then you started a new company. I mean, that's a lot of stressors and to still be able to, you know, go on and, and PR and reach. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that was a PR as well. Obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Anything else you want to add to that, that you haven't already, as far as um, what helped you achieve that? Taking one day at a time sometimes especially because there was a period where you don't know when your next race was going to be. You don't know if you were going to race at all last year and just taking one day at a time and enjoying the process Yeah, because you, you love the sport or, you know, you love hitting your goals and sometimes the motivation was low because of the uncertainty and I had a little bit of a hiccup with my hamstring. And then, you know, then you start questioning, well, when am I going to race or, and you just need to step back and be like, okay, what can you control right now? And how can you use that and move forward? Yeah. So it's it's been a stressful year for everyone. It it hasn't 
And especially running isn't a smooth roller coaster. I mean, it's never smooth. No. It's like a roller coaster. So you have your ups and downs <laughs> and then the added stress work. And so, I mean, my training looked sporadic sometimes, you know, sometimes I'd get it, get my runs done super early before I'm off with meetings with clients. Other times it's later in the day and it's yeah, whatever works for you at the yeah. end of the day, really what it is. And yeah. if you're passionate about it. Yeah. What, um, well, you t- talked a little bit about, and I know you've had, you've dealt with injuries a little bit in your past, correct? I mean, you've had some heel pain before you just mentioned this hamstring. Have you ever, have you had anything else that is, um, you know, I guess interfered with your training outside of those two injuries? Um, like back in high school, okay. um, you know, like fractured my foot or something. Um, <laughs> like I have, you know, little hiccups. Yeah. But other than my heel pain that I had a couple of years back. I mean, that was the major one. That was me. Yeah. It probably took me. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't race for probably solid almost two years, I think. Okay. Cause I ended up having some nerve damage in my heel and it was just this slow process getting back into it. Yeah. And I'm beyond thankful for my coach, um, taking it really easy with me. Yeah. And, um, it, and because we did that, you know, we we're able to have eventually successful seasons after successful seasons of training, you know, sure with minor little hiccups, but I mean, that's what running is, is season after season after season that builds yeah. up, you know, into whatever breakthrough it is for you. Yeah. It's not just like a mad bull, like, Hey, I'm going to run fast this one day. It's, it, right. it's years and years. No. So, yeah. Yeah. That was my major injury setback. It actually started as planner and then ended up being some nerve issues. So I'm thankful for a coach that takes the time and listens, brings you back properly. Yeah. Jess works with Julie, who we had on the podcast, who's also my coach currently not coaching because I'm not currently running. So, but when you hear her talk about her coach too, that's, that's Julie. I think she was like episode, I don't know, 15 or something like that. I don't know. I totally threw that out there potentially, but (laughs) yeah, no, Julie's great for that. And I mean, that's so important to have a coach that understands the being smart with injuries. Cause as you know, and I think you potentially had some experience with it's, you know, there's coaches out there that are going to run you into the wall and then not taking into account injuries. And it's just hard to sustain that long-term. Right. Right. (laughs) And I like what you said, like years that accumulate, because that's what I'm reminding myself right now, as I'm like going on basically a half a year of no legit training. I'm like, I know I'm going to be very out of shape in my standards once I get back there, but I just have to remind myself, like, if you have training behind you, like, yeah, this is about the worst case. If you're not running, like, that's about the worst case, but you do have lots of miles behind you from before. So it'll take a bit, but just got to remind myself that. So, oh yeah, that will be interesting once I am back there, but. Oh yeah. Awesome. So, well, let's just, I mean, we'll probably go into a little bit more, but like, let's go into this 10 K as far as if there's anything else you want to add into the training, going into it, what, I mean, what the race looked like itself. Um, if you had a certain strategy going into it, any certain mindset techniques going into it, like just, you know, whatever you want to share about this most recent 10 K. Um, the biggest thing would be my mindset. Yeah. And (laughs) it's been years in the making. Yes. Um, I used to be a nervous wreck before races. I mean, so nervous that I'm a week out and I'm 
starting to worry about. Yeah. And it's like, for what you're wasting the energy. And, um, within the last two years, there's been a day and night difference. And this 10 K was the first time I approached a race so calm and so collected. I trusted my training and I didn't worry about what the other girls were going to do. I didn't worry about what they're doing for warm up or whatever. I focused (laughs) on myself, what I can control. It's so easy to say, but it's actually pretty hard in practice. I mean, it was such an awesome experience. Like I was standing on the line and it it was this like eerie sense of calmness, like, Hey, I'm, you know, grateful to be here. I'm excited (laughs) to race. And, um, the gun goes off and you forget about everything else. It's really, truly that mindset that obviously the physical that it's built up throughout the years, but, um, that mindset was day and night. What helped me through that race? Yeah. What, um, do you think it's just experience or was there like anything like things you were telling yourself or just like, what do you think changed your mindset in these last two years? It sounded like you said, especially that your mindset's really finally gotten better. What do you think the key factor has been there? Julie, she is a great coach and a great mentor. And every time I go into a race, she is that calm, level-headed coach. That's like, why are you worrying about X, Y, and Z when, you just need to worry about you right? getting to the start line <laughs> and controlling what you can control. And, you know, yeah. you hear it constantly race after race after race or workout or, you know, whatever it is. And then finally telling your inner self to believe it and embrace it and actually do it right? and calm right. those nerves. Yeah. I, I got to thank Julie for a lot of that. That's awesome. Yeah. She's, I know she likes to say, like, I know I hear you saying like control what you can control, control the controllables. I feel like that's definitely yep. a Julie line. She's always say that like before races. <laughs> yep. It really is. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, like finally believing it is what I'm hearing too. Like, obviously you can hear these things, but actually like believing it. And that has to be just such an amazing, I don't know, feeling to like show up to the race and just like, like you said, feel calm and collected. Like you feel like you should be all along and to actually just do it and go out there and race. And even, um, during the race, I didn't waste too much energy. Like if there was a little bit of a gap that formed, I would calm and collectively close that gap over, you know, two or two seconds versus like trying to surge really quick and like, Oh my God, I can't lose contact. Like I was, really controlled in all my mental decisions during the race that I think helped too. Like I didn't, I didn't freak out at any point during that yeah. race. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Like they may have gained a step or two. Okay. Let's, let's close it, but not like yeah. freak out about it. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a huge thing too, is you don't realize how much energy you can mental energy you can right. lose in a race, even if it's, a 1500 with how tactical it could be and the jostling around or a 5k. It's like control what you can control and don't overthink things during a race Yeah, and just believe in your training, believe in what you're capable of and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. How did the how did the race itself play out as far as you know, I guess I haven't I haven't I've never right raced a 10k on a track, but what was like the whole group like together the whole time? Like how did that all play out? Honestly, it was it was the perfect setup. Um <laughs> we had a phenomenal pacer that okay. was just clicking off laps and then um, once she stepped off the track, I think there was a group of like five or six of us Okay, and we just kept it going, you know, and we all had the same goal in mind, which was to qualify. We might've picked it up a little bit and got it done. That's awesome. And this was out in, was it out in California or? Yeah. It's so cool that you got to race too, like that they, you know, have had a few opportunities to race. That funny story. I didn't believe I was racing. Oh, <laughs> a week out and I still didn't have my plane ticket because okay. I was convinced it was going to cancel. <laughs> Luckily, Julie was so calm and collective. <laughs> but after, you know, everything was said and done, she's like, I thought I was going to have to fly out there and drag you on a plane myself. <laughs> this is so I don't know if that helped to some of my calmness or what, but um, yeah, it, I, I was grateful just to be given the opportunity to race and, you know, the race directors behind the event and all the volunteers and all the hard work they put in to make it a safe event for everyone to be at is just I'm beyond grateful for that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What did you run one other race? Have you ran one other race since COVID or no? Is that the only one? I, I did run one other race. Yep. Okay. It was a 5k in Nashville. And yeah. then okay. I also ran pretty much. I ran the 15k like right before the down everything. So those are my three races okay. for the year. Okay. Can we ask what's on the radar next or where, where are you looking next? 2021? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'm just super excited to get on the track and get more racing under my belt and have fun with the process. Yeah. You know, I'm super excited that I already, you know, I got the standard for the 10 K Yeah. and now I'm excited to just race. Yeah. I, I don't have that pressure, um, of hitting a time. Right. Like that. Yeah. I can go to these races, focus on other portions of racing and, um, yeah, it, it, it should be hopefully an exciting spring season. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it should be normal, like, well, not probably normal, but there should be races <laughs> going into the spring. Season. We're hoping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like last year or towards the end, a couple of race directors, you know, went above and beyond to put on these safe racing events during COVID and it, you know, showed other race directors like, Hey, we can do this. Maybe there are, you know, unfortunately there's no spectators and the, just the flow of the entire meet is different than what we're accustomed to, but that's totally fine. Us athletes are just grateful to be given the opportunity to race. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some more racing opportunity pops up this spring yeah. just because last year they showed that it was possible to put on a safe event. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So when would the Olympic trials be then? They're in June. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's in June. Cause, and then it's for this year's yeah. Olympics, right? Because it's rescheduled the year and yeah. Okay. I was just trying to think back on all this. Cause I was like, it was supposed to happen last year now. Yeah. Now it's rescheduled, right. And okay. Okay. So June. Okay. So you got, you got, yeah, like five months ish. So yeah. cool. Gotcha. 
there's still time to put more training under the belt and yeah 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 that's awesome where will the um trials be held oregon okay are they always held there yeah okay typically okay okay cool awesome yeah they built a new stadium at hayward so that should be super fun to race that yeah okay have you raced out there before or i haven't actually okay so it'll be a first time all right all right well i'm gonna have to watch i have to actually like make a note of it and like (laughs) i'm sure it's streamed online (laughs) yeah it will be somewhere Yeah. I'm not, I'm honestly like not the best where I'm paying attention to other running events, like outside of my own and like say Olympic trials and stuff like that. Like that's not me. I know most runners are, most runners are all into, you know, everything else running, but I'm, I'm really not usually. Um, but that's all right. I'll have to pay attention (laughs) to that. Maybe it'll get me, get me excited for my own running again too. Oh yeah. Use it um, as motivation. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Let's see. Where do you think, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people to get to a level like you're at, where do you feel like that deep desire to become better and just really, you know, figure out your potential? Like, where does that come from? I think for me, it started when I was younger. I just always, whether whatever sport I was in, I always wanted to see how good I could get. Yeah. Um, so I, I do believe that's been a long time in the making. Yeah. <laughs> it's just internal, I guess. I've just always, I guess I never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I mean, I think for most people, it has to come from that internal place versus external. Yeah, like you, you need to want it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, this that applies to anybody. Right. And to anything in life, yeah. right? <laughs> if you want it, you know, you'll you'll get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I've just always loved watching your journey, especially, I mean, from my perspective too, I mean, going back into your college career and stuff, I feel like, like, I think you were like, okay, your first two years, obviously you're pretty good, but then like your next two years was just like, bam, like, yeah, not out of nowhere, but I think wasn't that like, there was a switch where you were yes. just like, like you kind of shared, like, what can I achieve? And then it was like, you were, I mean, you held yeah. lots of records at Parkside for a bunch of the different events and everything. Correct. Like, yeah. 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 And I think there was, there was a particular day between my, I, I, somewhere in my sophomore year where I told my coach, like, I'm going to give it 110%, you know, whatever 110 at that time looked like, you know? Yeah. 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 You're you know, whether it was doing little things or whatever, but I think that's when my mindship changed and then it rolled into, you know, a f- phenomenal junior, senior year but it was because I wanted it worked for it. So anything's, anything's possible if you have the right mindset and you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. I think it's all come back to mindset, mindset and discipline. I'm hearing Yeah, <laughs> like so many things I was going to say a little bit change in, in topic, but what we went into this a little bit, but what, like, what does a typical day or week look like for you? You know, as far as the training, the time it takes to train, do you train with others? Do you train with your, the, the team that's out there all the time or, or not necessarily? And then what does recovery look like? The meal prep, all that, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I do a lot of solo running because of my, uh, sporadic work schedule, but yeah, you know, for instance, this last week I was able to get on the track with, uh, the girls on my team at the same time. Okay. And that was awesome and motivating. Uh, granted we had 
different workouts. Okay. Majority of the group is more, um, middle distance focused. Okay. Like the 800 up through the 5k. So some of my training tends to be naturally different just because I'm more 10k, you know, half marathon and such dabbling in the 5k. Um, so when those opportunities line up, it's awesome. But other than that, it's like, whenever I have the chance (laughs) to get out the door, I do typical Sunday long run workouts on Tuesday, Fridays. Yeah. If something needs to be pushed around, then it does, uh, pretty, pretty, well, I would say normal ish (laughs) schedule in the sense of, you know, two hard workouts, a long run, what is your, like, what is your like recovery look like and stuff? Like you get like a ton of sleep. Do you have any, like, you know, <laughs> what did you say? I wish. You wish. Okay. Okay. So it's not perfect. Like you were saying earlier. It's not perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I would love, I would love to get, you know, eight plus hours of sleep, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. It just, yeah. You know? <laughs> And that's where you have to give yourself a little grace when it comes to workouts or, you know, getting out the door the next day. Um, Cause some days I'm super stressed from work and I, you know, I put in 12 hour days or whatever it is. And right. it's just part of life. Sometimes right. I have great recovery and I try to catch <laughs> up on the weekends or yeah, really just however it fits into my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, like doing the little things and, you know, stretching and rolling out, getting some strength training in or whatever little rehab things that I have going on. Yeah. Is the whole bigger picture. And right. But what I'm hearing is it's like not necessarily perfect, but you're getting it. It's not perfect by any means. (laughs) Some weeks are better than others. Yeah. And, and you can, and sometimes, yeah, you'll feel it in your runs, if you're recovering or not. And then if you need to take more time and focus on that, right. Because the last thing you want to do is run yourself into the ground. So recovery is super, super important. And I do think for the most part, that's helped me stay somewhat healthy. Yeah. What about nutrition as far as not like, what do you do more so on the side of like, do you like meal prep? Cause I know like when I am training hard, like one of my hardest parts is like food. I'm always hungry and I'm like, there's never enough. I'm like, I need more. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm really good at cooking every day, but for whatever reason, I can't like (laughs) cook a bunch and have it for the week. Yeah. I don't know, but um, that works for you. Shoot. I just hate cooking every day. So I I have, I have meal prep. Otherwise I'm eating random stuff. So yeah, I I like (laughs) to. I like to think I do a pretty good job at, you know, making some quick meals and stuff. And then I also, you know, will supplement with like a protein and I'm constantly snacking throughout the day on whatever, literally, you know, sometimes it's super healthy stuff like nuts and fruit and like whatever else. And other times, yeah, it might be a donut (laughs) or, you know, a bag of cookies or when you're running so many miles like yes you need to eat healthy but also need to make sure you're getting enough in (laughs) yeah right fuel you and keep you moving and yeah you know just not being overly strict on a diet either yeah yeah so 
get, get in the fuel that you need to. Yeah. Yeah. We touched on this a little bit and we don't really even need to share on it, but you had mentioned it, I know before the podcast and then at the beginning a little bit, but you also hit the um, Olympic trials qualifying time for the marathon in a half marathon. I know. Correct. Yeah. And then, but you didn't run the trials and I feel like at least from like the posts I've seen and stuff like that was obviously a smart move. And I would imagine a mature move in the sense of you just knew that wasn't the right move for you, but, and then I guess with it getting canceled anyway, <laughs> but yeah. what went into that decision and where did that come from? So, so the biggest decision was my heart wasn't in it yet for the marathon. Yeah. yeah. And my other goal was to qualify for the 10K on the track. Mm-hmm. And there were just a lot of question marks on how would I recover after the marathon? How much downtime am I going to need? And because the marathon trials were at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your first track races at the end of March, which obviously never happened because of COVID. Right. But, you know, back then we didn't know. So in my mind, you know, my heart was in the 10 K and I really wanted to be ready to run fast on the track. And I just didn't know how the marathon was going to fit into that picture when my bigger goal was getting to the trials on the 10 K. Yeah. And I know, I know the, the time and place for the marathon will come. It just wasn't, it wasn't this last year. Yeah. Yeah. And you have more time for that. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, and I think that, you know, you need to be excited about what you're training for. If you're not going to be excited about it, then training is going to be that much harder physically and mentally if you're not enjoying what you're doing. And, right. and at the time, you know, the marathon was just not it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just obviously a super smart move. And it's, um, I don't know, one of those things that relates to running, but life too, like you just sometimes you got to pick what's the most important and not, you yeah. know, you can't do it all. So, and look at like, it obviously worked out yeah. and, <laughs> but, you know, follow, follow your heart and whatever that is in life, you know, whether it's a certain yeah. race or whatever job it is. I mean, right. at the end of the day, you got to enjoy what you do. Right. So, and then I got sick like the day before the trials anyways. <laughs> You're like, see, this worked out anyways. <laughs> so, you know, is what it is. Have you ran a marathon? I have not. Okay, that's I a thought. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Or, the original plan before COVID would have been to run a marathon this last fall. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously a bunch got canceled. And- right. And this and that. So I don't know. Sometime in the near Sometime. future, I'll run one. Yeah. yeah maybe it'll be I at do. the trials. Yeah. Maybe it'll be at the trials next time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I do want to, I want to race one, but right. you know, just my priority right now is on, on the track and yeah, it's just where I'm having fun right now. Yeah. That's awesome. And I well, think that's, you know, a big factor too is yeah. it's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I love like, that. I don't, doesn't feel like work it doesn't you know it's not it's enjoyable so yeah no that's awesome if you can say that after competitively running for how many years right you know that's a good sign yeah for sure (laughs) what um Awesome. Well, I know you already shared on your breaking five moment, you know, that cross country race kind of you had shared, like you kind of felt like that was probably like a breaking five moment. 
was any of your, um, you know, miles or, um, you know, sub five miles, would you say was a breaking five moment as well? Or do you have another example? Well, the other example would be this 10 K. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, (laughs) yeah, I think that was the true mental and physical breakthrough Okay. Yep. that took it to another level. Um, and I, and I've already hit on it a bunch, but yeah, I broke five in the mile in college, but I never felt like it didn't quite feel like my event. And looking back now, the biggest advice I could give is, you know, savor every moment that you run a PR because you never know when the next time is going to be. So, you know, looking back at those moments, you know, where I, I did break five and, you know, I didn't take it all in, right? you know, and, and it's, it's a little unfortunate. And then I obviously ran this 10 K and it was just everything aligned. And, you know, I took it all in at the finish line and every race needs to be like that, whether you're running, you know, a one second PR or several minutes in the marathon, like savor those moments because you don't know when the next time is going to happen. Right. Right. So I think some of my racing I took for granted, unfortunately, because, you know, you cross the finish line and you're happy, but you're like, Oh, I want more. And and that's a good attitude to have. Yeah. 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 But for that moment, you really need to take it all in really need to step back and be like, Hey, I put in all this hard work. I ran this PR regardless of how much it was really savoring it and taking it in and then regrouping, you know, a couple of days later and being like, okay, well, what's the next goal? Right. What do I want to get after now? But take it in when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's really good advice, I think, because I mean, just especially for endurance athletes in, in, in general, we're just always wanting the next best thing. And it's like, okay, yeah. after a while, like, what's the point, even if you're not going to enjoy being in the moment, you know, and you can right. relate that to life too. But I think that's, that's really good, good advice. Did you take it all in at your recent time? I absolutely did. And I took yes. it in for like a solid week, <laughs> you know, <Like> a month. <laughs> I was, because you, you work so hard and it's awesome hitting your goals, especially whatever, whatever your big goal is. Like, it's awesome when you finally hit it and take it in and enjoy it, especially in college. I feel like when you're racing so frequently, you don't realize that like, Hey, you can run a PR weekend after weekend. Sure. You're happy, but you don't like you right. don't take it in when you're younger. I yes, feel yes, like. yes. And then, you know, the older you get, you start to realize like you're putting in all these miles and you know, how many times do you race a year? I don't know. Right. A handful. Right. So when it does happen, enjoy it. Right. Like, you know, you, you only put in how many hundreds of thousands of miles. Oh, yeah. Well, like it's a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I love that. I think that's a really good yeah, no, that's, that's super helpful. I like that for sure. Take yeah. it all in. I wrote down yeah. too. Yeah. So like whatever, whatever anyone's training for, you know, whether yeah. it's your local 5k or, right. you know, your Boston marathon attempt or yep. whatever it is, Yep. just savor it. Yeah. No. Cause I mean, in the end of the day too, I mean, lucky to be doing what we're doing and right. you know, I can even think like, Hey, go back to my last race. Like, 
yeah, shoot. If I would have known, you know, Corona was going to hit and then I was going to be out for a half a year with an injury, like, yeah, we took it all in a little bit more, maybe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I love that. Um, anything else you want to share that we didn't cover anything else you can think of? I think that, I don't know. I, I feel like we mentioned a lot. I think we did. I think we did it all. I don't know. We had a lot of things. So no, that was awesome. Um, but yes, thank you so much for, for all the advice. I'm super excited to follow you. Obviously I'm following you already on Instagram, but uh, to follow your journey to your, uh, the 10K this June, that will be, that'll be awesome. Super exciting. And I hope you have a, a race just like this last one where you just feel so calm and collected for it too love to to hear about that um but anyways i'm super excited to get this podcast out to everyone do you have um where's the best place for people to find you is it your instagram or do you have anything else you like to give to people instagram or facebook work best awesome do you know your instagram otherwise i can um Um, it's jess wadichowitz okay and we'll put that in the show notes as well um and then anything else you want to promote or any anything else you have to share let's no pretty much it (laughs) someday no (laughs) no No. um awesome well just thank you so much for coming on um anyone listening i would love to hear what you think of today's episode and until next time we'll catch you on the next episode of breaking five all right thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of breaking five a running podcast we hope you are running away with some inspiration tips and actionable items that you can put towards your breaking five moment lastly if you know anyone else with a breaking five moment that doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five just a breaking five moment in general in running in life or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram. And that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.